Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Top Flight Time Machine are going to be going on tour in early November. You will experience physical movement and emotional movement and so much more from both of us. Bowel movement? Maybe there'll be a little bit of bowel movement. I can't promise it, but if that's what you're looking for, we can make it happen, probably. It won't be uh, one of those things where a podcast episode is recorded in a theatre. Fuck that. This is a proper show with um, songs and dancing and um, high moments of uh, exhilaration. So come along. Let's just quickly tell you where we're going to be. The 1st of November, we're in Brighton. 2nd of November, we're in... Um, Nottingham the 3rd we're in Leeds the 5th we're in Manchester the 7th we're in Glasgow the 8th we're in Newcastle the 9th we're in Birmingham and the 10th we're in London <gasps> the capital mm, what a uh, it's going to be good I think there's a few tickets left at most venues yep. it's uh, going to be really exciting it's called the Velvet Drain Bike Tour it's going to be better than the last one yeah. which is saying something because the last one was fucking amazing ask anyone who yeah. went but this one whoa it's going to knock your cock off or if you're a lady, it will knock off your boobs. Go to tftimemachine.com slash live shows to have a look at where you get tickets from. There'll also be a chance to interact with us in an official capacity while we're on stage, not after the show. In a very limited capacity. Come along, you'll love it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Um, I should point out before I begin that I'm in a travel lodge in Cambridge. I'm right. in one of those kind of uh, fake leather uh, seats that they have at the desk. And if I move Brilliant. around in it, it sounds as though I've broken wind. Oh. Can you hear that? Yeah. It's so great in movement. meetings. That's just, just a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. I do not intend to break wind during this episode. Maybe I will, but if you do hear any noises that sound like it, it's just the leather effect chair in this travel lodge that I'm in. In Cambridge. Mm. Okay, good to to get out of the way. Seat of learning Mm. in the UK. Are you near the Dreaming Spires and all of that sort of stuff? I don't know. I think I'm near a Tesco Express. Um, Can Can you feel the sort of ghosts of the great minds, the... The great scientific minds, yeah. the great literary minds that have that have been yeah. there and sort of, you know, been absorbed into the atmosphere in that part of the world. Yeah, Inspector Morse. Yeah, that kind of thing. No, that's Oxford, mate. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I thought I saw him this morning, but obviously not. No, it's, yeah. this is one of the weirdest travel lodges I've ever been in because it's in the middle of a housing estate. It's it now. A, an area on the outskirts of Cambridge called Orchard Park. Shout out to Orchard Park if you live there. Um, I am among you. But it's like a new housing estate and they just bunged a travel lodge right in the middle of it. Mm. Which is fair enough, isn't it? Do the local people seem nice? Have you clocked any of them? I've not encountered anybody. I just got out of the car and got in my room. And I've not left since. Um, 
We'll be doing a lot of that over the next 10 days, won't we? Rocking up at random hotels in strange places, going inside, laying low, and then fucking off again. Going, turning up, having a nap, going to the venue, doing the show, and then fucking off again. Not I'm even fucking having a, not even having a look about. No, we'll try and have looks about a bit more this time, I think. Mm. But um, um, I'm, I'm yeah, it is exciting. It, it is mm. exciting. Brighton tonight for our opening show. If you listen to this, uh, you're in Brighton and you're coming down. Mm-hmm. Then um, you're in for quite a treat. But you should remember, it's the first show tonight, so we might forget stuff. I don't know. Shambles. But that will make it even more entertaining. There'll be people still talk today in Sunderland about our first ever live show. Yeah, pop rex in Sunderland. In Sunderland in November twenty nineteen. Yeah, about that. And, yeah. Uh, you know, not no one will see the likes of that again. That was really quite... We did two shows think, in one night, and the first one was really quite shambolic, wasn't it? Absolutely. I think in terms of Sunderland's cultural fabric, it's up there with the uh, the Sex Pistols at the 100 Club in London. People talk yeah. about, say they were there. But, Everyone I mean, there claims must be they like were there. About 700 people have said they were there. Uh, they, they fucking weren't, because there was only 60 in. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, but I would say anyone who was anyone in Sunderland that night was there. Yeah, the grit and the good, the glitterati. Mm. They were all there. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully it'll be the same in Brighton tonight. We're on at the Comedia Club. It'll be the same Club. in Brighton. Mm. Comedia Club. Uh, tickets still available from the venue's website. Um, get yourself along and have a look at what we've concocted. <laughs> What has been created. <laughs> Ready yourself for a circus, a magical display. Ready yourself for your consciousness to be tweaked, never to return yeah. to normality. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all that's going to It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good we'll night. Be. We've got some weeks. So, yeah. yeah, what else is going on? How was your weekend, Andy? Oh, God. Um, Football-wise... Not great. I don't know if you noticed that Sunderland lost 5-1 at Rotherham. Oh, my God. That is a bit of a low point. I mean, to be fair to Rotherham, I know you, you're probably not all fair with the League One scene. Rotherham no. are one of the top teams in League One and have been for many years. What happens is Rotherham are a bit like Norwich in the Premier League. They get promoted. They can't quite cut it in the Championship and they get relegated again. But they're always right. up there competing in League One. Yeah, so, they, they need a sort of a um, a purgatory division for teams like yeah. them and Norwich. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? exactly. Yeah, so that was that. We we lost five one. I spent the weekend driving me kids around to parties. Yeah, yeah I did a lot of that. Two yeah. kids, two parties on Friday and Saturday, and um, yeah, that I'm now a full time taxi driver. So it's nice to be on the road and get away from them for eleven days. Yeah. Um, when you pick up, when I, I found, I, I took my daughter out two nights running to little soirees. Mm-hmm. And um, when I pick her up, she's 14, when I pick her up, uh, the conversation is, you don't know where to go with it. Do you find that? Hmm. Well, b- both times with me son, there was other kids in the car because we dropped one of his mates off. Oh, so yeah. They were just sat in the back and I just wasn't involved. I literally was a taxi driver just sitting there in the front. Yeah. silently driving them around I didn't exist yeah. as far as they were concerned but um, after we dropped his mate off on Saturday we talked about the football so there was that I am um, yeah that's alright well, my daughter is sort of like she's she just started going out on Friday and Saturday nights right. you know 
she probably would have started if it wasn't for the pandemic a bit earlier. But you know, this sort of thing where you're out with your mates, and yeah, I don't yeah, quite know what's going. I quite, I don't know quite what's going down at this stage. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm keen to get the balance right between, you know, making sure she doesn't make silly decisions, but at the same time not being a dad that she's scared of being so judgy yeah, yeah. that she yeah. wouldn't tell things to. Do you know what I mean? And so, it's a yeah. difficult, that's a difficult balancing act, isn't it? Mm. Um, she, for a while, but my wife caught wind of this, thought that because I didn't drink, I'd be really like, go bananas if I ever found out she'd had alcohol. Right, yeah. Um, so I set her straight on that. But at the same time, she hasn't had much alcohol because at the moment she's just not interested. Her mates are interested and she's a bit like... Psh. Not that yeah. sort of bothered yeah. about getting pissed, to be honest. I'm a bit sort of nervous about that. But, you know, she gets in the car and I go, so how was it? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what, uh, who was there? <laughs> so and so and so and so. Just great. <laughs> and uh, what, what did everyone, what happened? What did you do? Just stuff. Right. So- what was everyone dressed as? Actually, don't answer that question. It sounds inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> what were they wearing? <laughs> yeah, because it was a Halloween party. What were all the teenage uh, girls wearing? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> these these things happen overnight to you as a parent because it would yeah. have been a perfectly legitimate question, you know, until quite recently. Yeah. And then you sort of ask the questions. It's just one you use, you know, what, what, what did everyone dress up as? And then you sort of feel, anyway, it's a fucking minefield. Talking of giving lifts and not talking, that puts me in mind of, I remember... Uh, my dad took me out on a Saturday as he did, you know, um, when I was a kid, he'd come over and pick me up and we'd go out and do something. And then as I got older, you know, for sometimes I'd stay at his house or sometimes he'd just drop me back at my mum's at the end of the Saturday night. And then as I started to become a teenager, it would be like, can you get me back? Because I'm supposed to be going out tonight with my mates. Yeah, so I need to get back at a certain time. So suddenly there was a sea change, whereas before it would have been, great, I'm staying over at yours or what have you. And he's like, yeah. And then there was this one time I go, shit, I'm running late. And he goes, well, why don't, instead of me take you home and then you go out again, why don't I just take you straight to where you're going? Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm supposed to be meeting my mates at their house. So he goes, well, I'll take you there. So I go, okay. And he goes, where are you going after that? I said, well, we're going we're going to a pub and he went well i tell you what he dropped me up my mates and he goes i tell you what go in if they're ready he said i'll i'll wait out here keep the motor running i'll take you i'll take you to where you're going so you don't have to get the bus or the tube so i was like wow <laughs> this is must, i thought this must be what it's like to actually have a full-time father <laughs> well my mum didn't have a fucking car most of the yeah. time do you know what i mean so like i didn't get lots of them so suddenly he's like he must have I don't know, it just, like, he must have had a, a spurt of kind of fatherliness. And it was like, yeah, I'll wait here and go in and get them. So I go, all right. So I go in, right, and I thought it was just two of my mates at his house. But in fact, there's a bunch of lads, right, and everyone's smoking weed. And <gasps> one of the lads there is a local character Uh-oh. who I didn't really know mm-hmm. but was known to me. He was a local dealer and rough lad and he was significantly older than us Uh yeah and he was there because he'd obviously come around to sell him some weed and and had stuck around like you know at the time you think he's quite cool but now you look back you think you're fucking weirdo 
we were all 15 and you were like yeah. sort of tw- 20 kind of just <laughs> hanging around with us getting becoming friends with us because you could sell us weed right really weird so i said oh my dad's outside and they're all like why and i went well he said he'd give us a lift to the pub and everyone's going great and then this fucking older blokes go up and we go yeah, I'm going that way as well. I'll jump in too. And I was like, oh, I don't want you jumping into my dad's car. Right? You're a dealer. You're a criminal. You're a dealer. And yeah, he was sort of had a local reputation for being a bit scary, right? Right. So, but it's funny because you also, when you're a kid, you assume that adults can see that someone is intimidating. Mm. But of course, I don't know what you feel like if you drop your kids at school. And you look at them, even the older kids, you think, fucking dweebs. Weasels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But at that age, I thought, oh, oh my dad realises this bloke's a serious character. Really scary. Yeah. So he gets in and uh, we drove and there was about four lads in the back, including this basic adult. And I was in front. <laughs> I shall be sitting in the front, even though you're a lot larger than me, because it's my father's car. Yeah. Suddenly got carried away with myself because I've got a parent with a car. Like, yeah. I think I'm fucking Prince Charles all of a sudden. Prince Edward. <laughs> Come along, father. Right. Into my carriage. So, <laughs> so he drives us to the pub and it was stony fucking silence the whole way, right? Because mm. I don't know what I was thinking, but I had just been knocked for fucking six by the presence of this dealer in my dad's car, right? And... uh when we got out at the other end, I just thought, oh, thank God it's over. I just want to get out, say goodbye to my dad, just get in the pub and just forget about this whole messy experience. Of course, it hadn't been messy, but that's the way you think when you're, when yeah. you're an adolescent, don't you? Everything yeah. becomes heightened. And as we got out, he went, he said goodbye by name to two of my mates who he knew. And then as the dealer got out, he went, and goodbye to you as well. Perhaps next time we'll be introduced. <laughs> I was fucking like the dealer. He sort of went like that, sort of like, <laughs> like that, sort of like nervously laughed because an adult had addressed him, right? Yeah. And my dad laughed and they sort of seemed to share a small moment. Yeah, I was dealer. fucking <laughs> mortified. <laughs> I was all, Dad, shut the fuck up! <laughs> don't talk to him like that he's a local character he's a local hard man don't talk to him like that he might kill us all <laughs> oh, that just I fucking know that all just came flooding back when you said about being silent in your car remember yeah. another time my uh, my mate picked me up from my mate's parents picked us up from a party when I was a bit younger we were about 13 and it was a party and they were and his parents had been out and they were picking us up on the way back from their night out outside this party and we got in and unusually his mum was driving and his dad was in the back and I thought to myself aye aye this is a bit weird what's the this is a configuration I wasn't expecting (laughs) no you're 13 again you're basically autistic aren't you when you're 13 like (laughs) sorry that's rude to people with autism and I probably misunderstand autism in fact edit that out Uh, but what I mean is, is that things like you're a bit like you're used to sort of a certain order of shit, aren't yeah. you? And you're like, what the? Why you this old you man's don't have in all the... the social skills that you need or that you require later on? Yeah, exactly. So his mum's in the front driving the motor. His old man's in the back. The car pulls up. I thought, well, what the fuck are we going to do here? Before I know what's happening, my my mate has got in the front next to his mum, which has left me but one option, 
which is to get in the back with his dad. The big man. Really weird. Why am I sat in the back with this adult male? Right? <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> it's really weird. It's really weird. I can't I can't tell I can tell this story now because I'm not, not mates with this guy anymore, not in touch with him, but I got in the back and it became apparent to me very quickly that the reason the mum was driving and the dad was in the back was because the dad Pissed. was fucking paralytic. <laughs> She didn't right. even want him and in the front in case he tried to mate, work the gear stick. <laughs> he was he was slumped, right? He was fucking slumped. And I was sat next to him, 13 years old. Here's an extra detail for you. The party we'd been to <laughs> <laughs> was rock and roll themed. <laughs> so I had a quip. <laughs> A rock and roll party. A rock and roll themed party. I think we were about 13, so it would have been 1998. And you know that the 50s were a big thing in the 80s. Well, Sam, this will have been the era of Jive Bunny. Yes, exactly. It was very much that era, right? (laughs) And and someone had had a party. I think a girl had had a party. Girl from school had had a party and invited. One of the first parties where boys and girls are invited, right? Sexy. Yeah. And it was like rock and roll style, 50s style. <laughs> Super so sexy. So my, my, my brother had got some Brill cream and had fucking styled my hair into a quiff with a fucking, you know, one of those duck's ass things duck's down ass, the back. Yeah. 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 So I had that. Plus, I've been up to Kensington Market, which was sort of like the trendy market, and um, got a bootlace tie, mate. Proper. Yeah, like some Fuck like John Ewing, right? Yeah. So picture me, young Sam, thirteen years old, with a fucking quiff and a bootlace tie, having just been to his uh, boys and girls party. What would you call that? Is that unisex or? Yeah, I don't know if you can use the word sex if it's an underage party. Um, mixed party, call it a mixed party. It, it was mixed gender. What do you call a school yeah. uh, that has boys and girls in it? Coed. I remember now. Jalapeno. 
weird, <laughs> but hopefully this journey will be over quite quick. No, <laughs> mate, because you know what happens next? Oh, no, what? He fucking, he's, he's woken from his half slumber, sits bolt upright, looks around to work out where he is, looks to his left, sees me, and you can imagine, he's like, Who's what? Am I dreaming? There's like seems to be a tiny rock and roller it's next. To <laughs> there's a small, there's a small rock and roll child in my car. What's happening? So he sort of looked at me, assumed he was sleeping, shut his eyes again, and here's the big bit, mate. He fucking put his head on my shoulder and started oh, snoring. Oh, no. Jesus and Christ! And I fucking froze. Right, I totally fucking froze. I didn't know what to do, where to go, what to look. My mate, I remember, was in the front and he heard the snoring and he looked over his shoulder because he was already just mortified that his dad was snoring, right? Mm. But he was even more mortified when he looked over his shoulder and fucking clocked the fact that his dad was on my shoulder, right? And he just went, I remember my mate. And I felt worse for my mate than I did for myself because I at least... Even at 13, fucking understood this is worse for him than it is for me. Yeah. And I remember he just looked, and you can't say anything when you're that age, can you? You can never just address the elephant in the room. No, no. You Whereas now, the likes of me and you, old men like us, we, we fucking, there's nothing we like more than addressing the elephant in the room. And sadly, it's, just just mm. seriously for a minute, that's how abusers work. Because they know that, yes. you know, yeah, things kids. won't be said. Yeah, because of a sense of awkwardness. Kids are not, obsessed not, with awkwardness, aren't not that they? I'm saying that that was abuse, but he didn't mm, hear that. Yeah, well, no, hang on. You may, I might bring this up with my therapist at this week's session. <laughs> what, this is the yeah. for you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, how have you been this week? Yeah, funny you should ask that. Oh, I was worried that we were going to run out of things to say now I'm that I've been sober for six for years. Yeah, I've drenched up something. My mate Andy helped me with this. Turns out I was fucking nonce when I was a kid. When I was just as a little <laughs> rock and roller. <laughs> the therapist will be like this. Oh, how wonderful. Sorry. Oh, I mean, that's awful. That's awful. That's awful. Now let's I'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll shut up at my pencil. Yeah, it was quite bad, actually. I'd always just, I think I blocked it out and repressed the memory. The thing was, I was dressed up like a little rock and roller, see? <laughs> That's how it's. Maybe that was what attracted him to me. Maybe that was his thing. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember my mate looked over his shoulder and he looked at it and his mate and his dad's proper like on my shoulder, on my rock and roll shoulder, and it, my mate just went, "Oh God!" That was all he said. But he didn't say it to me. He just said it out loud. Just and his mum. His mum looked in the in the rearview mirror and she sort of went, it's all right. And he went, what's all right? It was so awkward. What's all right? And she went, well, whatever you just said, oh God, about, it's all right. It doesn't matter. And I'm fucking just sat there frozen, too scared to even breathe. It was like Jurassic Park, mate. <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking it fucking does matter, mate. It really matters. It's I'm the, the worst fucking. Of my life. <laughs> this is the worst. And it, it is bad for me. Imagine what it's like for him. <laughs> and it's like, and I don't know if his dad. Do you think his dad woke up the next day and was like, "I had the strangest dream, darling. I I was in the back of a car and there was a tiny rock and roller next to me. <laughs> he reeked of brill cream." 
Maybe he thought he died and he thought you were God at the gate. That's of what he thought. I didn't expect God to look like that. A little rock and roller. I'll be I honest, I am surprised. <laughs> That's God for you, though. You know, he's never going to be what you'd expect. But I'm up for it. I put my head on his shoulder and I said, Invite me in, Lord. I am ready. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to die at this early age, but since I have, fair enough. Let's, let's get to it. Bit, let's have a little bit of shaking Stevens on the jukebox or something. Let me ask you let me ask you this, God. Is the whole of heaven rock and roll themed? Or is it just yourself? Or is the whole place like one of them diners you see in in your movies about the nineteen fifties, you know? Oh, man. And they're just playing all the all the music and doing the jive and all that sort of that. Because that's fine with me, by the way. That's always looked dead fun. If I had to choose a theme, that would have been right up there, along with space. Yeah. And roller skating. Mind you, a lot of the waitresses have roller skates in them 50s diners. I wonder if you get, like, a choice when you get there. You get to heaven, you can have which which experience you get to have. Out of space, rock and roll. What else could you have? Dinosaurs. I'd go... If it was was decade-themed, obviously Mm. I'd go 90s. 1990s. Yeah. I'd probably go for the 80s, because fame would be on all the time. Oh, yeah, that's true. would be leg warmers. And you could watch Minder whenever you wanted. Yeah. yeah. In fact, George Cole would be up there. He could sit and you could do a watch along with the cunt. <laughs> like Gary Neville does with them footballers about their but careers. He would do that thing where, where actors don't resemble their creations at all and don't refer Oh, he'd be to really characters. posh. He'd be all actorly. Yes, well, I think what you'll find that we were trying to attempt with this episode was a commentary you know on the Thatcher's w- Britain. I find that such a letdown and the worst two examples of that ever. Mm-hmm. And this is not opinion. You'll know when I say it, it's absolute fucking fact, right? <laughs> Lou Beale and Pat Butcher. <laughs> Lou Beale, I can't remember what Lou Beale was. Like, was she really, Lou really Beale well was the most common acting and looking like a, a proper crone, Lou Beale. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Dis- a disgusting crone, but wonderful, right? And then you saw her being interviewed on TV mm-hmm. about East Enderspeed. Yes, well, it's wonderful the way in which we study yeah. these working people from the yeah, East yeah, End of London. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, character. no. <laughs> at least fucking, I mean, Wendy Richard, at least she was quite common, right? Yeah, she was. She's a Cockney Sparrow, yeah. I mean, that's what made her, that was one of the many things that made her so sexy. Mm. More so in it in, in, oh, you mean, sir. Yeah, and then uh, and Pam St. Clement as well. She's posh as fuck, isn't she? I was disappointed she? when Wendy Richard got the got the gig on EastEnders because she was so frumpy and dowdy, and I was just so used to her being sexy on the telly, and I wanted more sexy. But no. <laughs> I know, like, because she hadn't been in in at the time. It felt like fucking hell. It's been years since I being served, mm. but actually, it had only been it's less like than two ten years. years. Or yeah, it's like that. So how has she just... She's gone from literally the sexiest woman on British television... Yeah, to the to least sexy. Ar- arguably the least sexy. I mean, maybe it was just the styling. Maybe but, she still had it, but it was well, just the styling. They put back, her in the cardigans. If you go back and watch all these tenders now, when she did wear the cardigans... Yeah, as 46-year-old yeah, men, we'd oh. be like, Whoa, go on, Arthur. <laughs> Fucking hell, Arthur. You're punching a bit there, aren't you, son? <laughs> Oh, God. And who was the other one? Pat Butcher. 
Similar. Pat Butcher, Pam St. Clement, extremely posh. Mm-hmm. Extremely posh. And oh. it's just disappointing. It's just like, it just, I don't know, it just does your head in. I don't, I'm not saying you can't play. I'm not saying all actors have to be like who they are. I'm yeah. not that thick. <laughs> like they are in the films. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's all fine. Um, but it's just sort of, it just confuses you, doesn't it? There's I another suppose. one. There's another one I've just thought of, Father Jack from Father Ted. I mean, oh, yeah, is he a bit of a lover? He's never, ever going to be like how he is in Father Ted. No. But the actor, uh, Frank Kelly, who played him, was very, very mm. well-spoken. And, yes. uh, and all of when that. I was first when I was first asked to audition for the part <laughs> of Jack, <laughs> I spent a week sleeping on a park bench. <laughs> oh, as well, um, mm. Wilfred Bramble, who was Alfred Steptoe. Yeah, he was yeah. a very very yeah. uh, well-to-do fella, unlike his character. No, I, he came up the other day because I've been listening to this wonderful, wonderful thing on BBC Sounds, which is Paul McCartney. Do it. He's got this book um, about his lyrics, right? And for BBC Sounds, he recorded just, I think it's like just six, maybe seven episodes. Maybe, right. maybe I don't know, maybe eight. Um, very short. They're all just like maybe between five and ten minutes each, mm-hmm. in which I think he's basically just reading directly from the book, but he does it well, so it doesn't right. sound like he's reading. And he just talks you through some of the most famous songs he's written and where he wrote them, who he wow. wrote them about, how he wrote them. Very anecdotal and relaxed. Yeah. But, you know, there's a famous book, isn't there, Revolution in the Head, yeah. that sort of dissects every single Beatles song. And it's the quite Beatles good, that Bible, book. they say. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's quite good. And there's obviously there's been more written and said about the Beatles than any other fucking band or cultural phenomenon ever. That's why it's amazing that after all these years of everyone writing things and saying things, and it's not like Paul McCartney's been entirely silent, but this is so fucking candid, right? Mm. It's absolutely fucking amazing. Anyway, he talks about a song that he did, I think, on his solo album called Junk. Is that, right. is that a song you know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, he, he starts off, he, he says, right, junk. Yeah, well, in Hard Day's Night, Wilfred Bramble, out of <laughs> Steptoe and Son, played my dad. He went, and um, I loved, as a result of that, I got really into watching Steptoe and Son. And they were rag and bone men. They basically lived in a fucking, ra- in a junkyard. So that's what gave me the idea for writing junk. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes on about Wilfred Bravo and how Brilliant. amazing he was. But it's all great, mate. I'll listen to it. I need some, there's, It's I need really some, good, yeah. Listen to it when you're in the car. Yeah, I need some, some things to listen to, audiobooks. It, go, it goes from one to the next, like the one about Eleanor Rigby. It's just like, he goes, yeah, when I when I was growing up in Liverpool, I knew a lot of old ladies. Obviously, I, I genuinely laughed out loud at that line. <laughs> <laughs> just a funny thing to say when I was growing up in Liverpool I knew a lot of old ladies when people talk about growing up in Liverpool any area but particularly Liverpudlians they say things as if it's completely unique to that area and I mean it affectionately it's sweet but it's true they'll go like the thing is about growing up in Liverpool is there's a lot of old ladies there right <laughs> and you're always thinking yeah but I that's mean that's everywhere. the same in it 
that's the same in Ipswich or Slough. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like unique to Liverpool, but they always think that they, they're not aware that things like that happen outside I of Liverpool. S- I saw because one on Twitter, which was somebody, I think it was Liverpool again, where they talked about um, calling the cinema the pictures and going to the pictures. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. This, they talked about it as if this was a unique thing, Liverpool. And obviously they were just bombarded by everybody else on Twitter saying, yeah, yeah we call it that as well. Yeah. When we had something to eat that wasn't an actual meal, like your your breakfast or your dinner in Liverpool, we'd always call it a snack. That's the right <laughs> scouse word, that snack. And all it means is really it's a bit of food that's quite small between meals. We had a vacuum cleaner, right? We, put, we, we called it the Hoover. That was the brand name. <laughs> But that's what we referred to it as. It was just a quirky Liverpool thing. It's funny, that's just scousers, though. We've got our own little language. Like, when the big ball of fire rolls in the sky in the morning, we had this word for it. We'd call it the sun. But that's scousers, you know. We're just... We're, we're like a... We're a we're a breed apart. We're a breed all, apart. It was a lot catchier than its proper name, which I can't actually remember now. <laughs> you wouldn't know that if you're from London. You wouldn't know that. Yeah, I mean, you're probably completely baffled when you listen to Scousers sat there talking about their snacks <sighs> and the sun and all the rest of it. Uh, we love you, Liverpool. Sorry we're not coming there on the tour this time, but we'll we'll, we'll come back if you'll have us at some point. Mm. Um, Spurs have just sacked their manager as we've been recording this. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unfucking believable what the fuck is going on with Spurs honestly uh, I I mean obviously right I don't like Spurs right I don't like Spurs yeah. as a club the fans no, I think they're fucking annoying stupid club but that that aside though right you know they're a they're a proper club although I find them annoying they're a proper club they're, you know they've been around for a long time well, they've got proper fans and all the rest of it a, a founding but, member of the Super League let's not forget well yeah but the, 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 yeah, they're not like one of these mug clubs like Chelsea or whatever do you know what I mean they're, they've been around and you sort of think what the fuck is Daniel Levy doing they're in the Champions League final a few years ago yeah. right he spent all summer trying to get a new... Fa- he sacked Mourinho with no plan whatsoever. Just sacked him and there was nothing there to see out the season. That's a write-off the rest of the season. Then they said all summer they were turned down by every cunt. In the end, when they committed this guy, they got a fucking commit to him. No wonder he's had a bad start yeah, because yeah. he seemed Fourth like... Choice, yeah. And the thing is, I always thought he seems like a nice guy. He seems like an intelligent guy. And he did well with Wolves. And really, you just got to fucking back him. I mean, it's not like they're bottom of the fucking league. He got he got Wolves up out of the championship and then they finished seventh two years in a row. All right, last year they were 13th. But that suggests that he can guide a team to seventh twice in the Premier League from nowhere. Suggests he's got something about him and you need to give him a bit more than three months or whatever it's been. Exactly. It's fucking incredible. You just can't do it. And I know there'll be Spurs fans being like, well, good. And I get that as well because they'll be very disappointed with their start to the season. The choice was then shortly. No, well, I read that they're going back to Antonio Conte, but he would be off his fucking rocker to go to Tottenham Hotspur when he turned them down in the summer, as I understand it, because. Daniel Levy had said, yeah, we'd like you to be the manager. We'll pay you what you want. Oh, and by the way, right last week, he goes, by the way, there's no money for transfers, right? And Conte's gone, fuck that. I'm the sort of manager who needs to come in and buy a load of expensive players. Fair enough, mm. some managers are like that. 
But if you know that Barcelona currently don't have a manager and that Manchester United might very soon not have a manager. Newcastle are looking for one as well. Newcastle are looking for a manager. If you go to fucking Tottenham, you've got to be off your fucking nut. And I hope he doesn't, because he's a good manager. And and if I was a Spurs fan, I would be like, probably they'll be supposed to go, oh yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that he's gone because we're doing shit. And I get that, because when you've got a manager and doing shit, you do just sometimes want to change. But So I'm not even fucking saying that Spurs fans are wrong to want him out, but... You just got to think, fuck's sake, what did you hire him and then fire him for? You're not mm. even bottom of the league. It's not like you're threatened by relegation. Give the cunt some time. Mm. Oh, well, it's only football. It's just a stupid kids game, isn't it? Um, well, I, you know, listen, I'm delighted that they're in trouble. Yeah. It'd be lovely if they did go down. <laughs> right, let's leave it there because uh, we've got, we've got yeah. a fucking show to prepare for tonight. Brighton Comedia Club, get yourself along if you haven't got tickets yet. Um, predictions at the weekend you've got two points I've got two points results but got five points fucking so, um, so you're still three points ahead on 48 I'm on 45 results spots on 31 that's it um, we're gonna th- th- this week's IFS episodes might not come out at exactly the time that they normally come out the service might be slightly disjointed we've got to do them on the fly we've got to do them on the fly <laughs> fuck knows where we'll do them alright thanks very much goodbye All the best. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 